DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru. Time to welcome in Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, to put a wrap on the Masters and our draft picks. And Bob, no wonder that the people who, you know, call a play-by-play or the analysts on these big broadcasts don't want to make picks sometimes. Because once you do, you want your picks to win. And you don't want the other guy's picks to win. Because goodness knows, I was watching the Masters on Sunday thinking, man, if Xander Shoffley comes back to win this thing, Bob's going to be unbearable Monday. <laughs> well, Xander made a, I'll tell you what, he made a pretty good move there on the back nine. But unfortunately, um, hit a ball in the water on the 16th hole and uh, and his hopes were dashed. But I'll tell you what, he made a, he made a great move, making some some nice birdies. And uh, and ended up finishing tied for third. I'm wondering, Bob, now with uh, Matsuyama winning, you know, he's been on the tour for a little bit. I've seen him play down in Phoenix when I've gone down there. And I, can, I I'm, I'm my question for you is if, if you think that we'll start to see more Japanese come over and more have success. It was like, you know, in baseball, when we first had the Japanese come over to the big leagues, it was somewhat of a novelty. And, and now when they come over and they're heralded, whether it be Ichiro back in the day or Atani for the Angels now, nobody really bats an eyelash because these guys were accomplished in Japan, which means they're probably going to be accomplished in the MLB in the U.S. So I'm wondering if you see this situation going forward as far as Japanese now having lots of not just success, but big-time success here in the U.S. You know, um, PK, it's interesting. Uh, Japan has a tour over over there that is is a big a big professional golf tour. Um, I've played in a couple events over there in Japan, and um, it's it's amazing what the country feels about the game of golf and how how they um, revere their champions. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, you know, of course, was an amateur ten years ago won the Asian Pacific Amateur and was able to play at Augusta as a 19-year-old and finished tied for 27th and and uh, was was the low amateur. Now, 10 years later here, he is he's the Masters champion. Um, yes, I expect, um, you know, we've had uh, Japanese players off and on, um, the Ozaki brothers um, and some others that have, that have played over here in the United States, but I expect that we will see more Japanese players that come over, just like we've seen more Asian players come on both the men's tour and the ladies tour. So, um, yes, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, and we'll, we'll probably see, uh, you know, a steady diet of them. Um, but, you know, they still have to go through the qualification process, get their tour card um, and that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's a little bit harder route for them when they've got such a great tour over there that they're currently playing on. So can you put, and you're a guy who's been to Augusta so many times, you probably think it's normal now. I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you still get chills uh, when you go there. I, I think I've never been there. I'm pretty sure it'd blow me away the first time I went there. Do you think that uh, aside from the comfort of, hey, you get to be at home, you don't have to be halfway around the world, the money's good wherever you are, is there a lure to this tour and the major championships over here? You know, maybe like some European players, you don't make the move full-time, but you make sure you play a few events before each of the majors, so you're at least a part-time tour guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, 
Matsuyama has a home in Japan that his his wife and his I, I think his son or I I know he has a child. Um, they were in Japan, his parents, that kind of thing. They weren't there at the event. He also has a home in Florida, in Windermere, Florida, in the Orlando area. Um, yeah, when when guys come over traditionally, whether it's Europe, uh, whether it's other parts of the world, they like to be able to play a couple of events on the PGA Tour before leading into a major championship. Um, and a lot of times they're accommodated by that. Uh, it depends on the ranking in the world and that kind of thing. But, yes, um, that's what that's what we'll see. Um, and as we see that um, and guys start to uh, play well and uh, earn earn their privileges uh, a lot like Will Zalatoris has done, who finished runner-up, um, as they earn their privileges and, and are able to become a member of the PGA Tour, then, of course, we're going to see them a lot more on a consistent basis. So I'm thinking Spieth is back, but McElroy's done. Well, I don't think he's done. Hmm. I think he's the the problem with with McElroy right now is he's going through a big, huge swing change with a new coach, um, and because of that, you're it's it's going to be difficult for him. I I you know it's a Ryder Cup year. It's going to be tough to see how he plays. You know, maybe by then it will be worked out. But he's going through a lot right now with his swing and his game. Uh, his putter's not great either. Um, it, he's just kind of he's in a quandary, um, and it takes normally takes somebody that goes through a swing change um, on the PGA Tour, whether it's the PGA Tour or anywhere else. It normally takes a year to a year and a half before things start to settle in and they start to uh, feel comfortable again with where their swing is at and where their swing's going. So I expect to see Rory um, kind of flounder a little bit for the remainder of the year. So speaking of floundering, we have our three-round draft. We draft nine guys. Tony Finau is the 10th guy. He tied for top 10. Uh, we all like him. We all know him on some levels. So we, we don't draft him. We put him off the board. But we draft these other nine guys. And you take the defending champ, DJ, in the second round. He misses the cut. PK takes Roy in the second round. He misses the cut. And I take Patrick Cantley in the third round. He misses the cut. Now, seven <laughs> of the top 20 golfers in the world miss the cut. Yeah. Should we focus on that, or should we focus on the fact that we all had a big old swing and a miss? Well, I think we all had a big old swing and a miss, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> um, you know, week to week, guys struggle. Um, and, you know, you'll see guys on the PGA Tour that will miss a cut one week and then come back and play extremely well and win a golf tournament. We saw that with Brooks Kepka earlier in the year. He missed three cuts in a row. And then he goes and he wins in in Phoenix. So um, things like that happen. Uh, it's an individual sport. You don't have anybody backing you up. Uh, you know, you're you're left to your own devices on how you play. And you know, in some weeks you're just not there. And um, that's that's what we saw. I, I totally expected Cantlay to play good, DJ to play well, um, and Rory to to not miss the cut. And they all three did. It's uh, just, just an unfortunate thing, but I don't think you can read anything into that consistently, consistently as far as they're concerned. So outside of the obvious in the winter and, and maybe Spieth and a couple others who were in contention, did anybody impress you? Oh, yeah. Will Zalatoris, um, who finished second at nine under par, 
he really impressed me. He was only one shot back. Um, here's a kid that uh, that became uh, the leading points earner on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, who has who really didn't have a place to play um, two years ago, but got onto the Corn Ferry Tour and was leading that. Turned sponsors exemptions and getting into the U.S. Open uh, this last year, and, and parlayed those into um, being able to have temporary membership on the PGA Tour. And, and going from number 1,600 in the world, if not higher, to number 43 in the world and getting in the Masters and here in his first uh, event finishes runner-up. Uh, totally impressed with him, especially yesterday in his play, how he, how he worked himself around the golf course, um, how he, he didn't seem like he was affected by the situation, that he enjoyed it, that he was having fun. And uh, I think he's a kid that you're really going to have to look at over the next little bit because I think he's going to be a champion uh, quite quickly. So the uh, Masters, does it inform you in any way of who you, or maybe PKRI should, pick coming up with the PGA Championship? Does the Masters play into that or... Different course, different world. It's a little more than a month away, and we can't really draw one thing to another. Well, it's being played uh, at on the ocean course at Kiowa Island, which is a little bit type of a different world than you would you would say with the Masters. It's more of a kind of a link style look, um, uh, quasi link style look, you know, with a with a U.S. feel to it. Um, Traditionally, the PGA Championship kind of plays somewhere in between a Masters as far as difficulty and a U.S. Open as far as difficulty. Um, it's a it's a golf course where they where they normally set it up, and what what they set it up to is what you get. And and the guys, you know, if if the weather's right and everything, guys will go out and shoot great scores. Um, so I kind of I really kind of like the PGA Championship as well in the way that they set up a golf course not too extreme to uh, for, for the players. But, you know, I w- yeah, I would say, um, you know, Rory won there the last time they played it. Um, I, I would say that, that you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of new blood in the mix. You're going to see uh, top 10 players in the mix, um, top 20 players in the mix, it, all of the above. It's, it's going to be a great test. It's only a month away, and then we get the really hard test in June at uh, Torrey Pines down in San Diego. Well, Bob, we will talk to you again before the PGA and the U.S. Open. We love having you on during the uh, the major championships, and we'll talk to you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, he and Brian Taylor right here on the Zone Sports Network. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, is coming up in about 20 minutes. Sniggy? Yes. Do we do we have time or we gotta go to break? Oh, we have a we have a minute or two. You got something? Yes. Because you just admitted something that I've always believed about you. And you've always denied it. What is that? But you just can't you I've always claimed that you didn't want the other guys' teams to win because you didn't want them to gloat. And that year that ASU won 10 games, you kept telling me, oh, I predicted it. So as if then I couldn't gloat. You just told us that you were rooting against Shafley so Bob Casper in a 10-minute radio interview couldn't gloat.
Oh, yeah, I was a little worried about that. That's different than your Sun Devils, though. <laughs> no, it's not. It absolutely is. <laughs> Why would you care if Xander Shoffley won a golf tournament or not? At no point would I even think to worry about, well, Bob Casper is going to gloat. So what? Let him gloat. This is sports. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I knew it. I don't care if you gloat about Arizona State. I don't have a dog in the hunt in the Pac-12. My team's in the Mountain West. I care if Scotty gloats about the Aggies. I care about Boise State. You have a dog in the hunt in the Masters because of some stupid picks that we do? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Pulling for Jordan Spieth. Come on, Jordan. Make that putt. Right. That's your dog. So you root for him. Because mm-hmm. you picked him. Mm-hmm. Great. But you're worried about somebody else gloating? Oh, my goodness. You I was the last of the three. <laughs> I was the last of the three of us to pick a, uh, a winner, and I was having to listen to you. Bob has one. See? But DJ yeah, doesn't see? have one. I know, but it never pans out with Arizona State. My team's never going to win the Pac-12. They're not in the Pac-12. I got two schools I pull for. One doesn't play football, but and one's in the Mountain it's, West. It's about the other guy gloating that's the issue you don't want the other guy to gloat gloat away if if xander shoffley would have won i would have been just as happy i probably would have been happier he was an american yeah i tend to root for the americans i don't care what he he could be a oshkosh uh, badger it doesn't matter to me (laughs) he just made him up it's like minnesota state what are you coach come on dauber knock it off Oh, it was. Uh, I, I went with Wisconsin, but I didn't know Oshkosh's nickname, so I combined the two. Nice. <laughs> so you're worried about people gloating. I always believe that with you, and that, and you just admitted it. Oh. DJ PK, ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Donovan Mitchell is on a tear. Is this going to lead to first team All NBA? More importantly, what is it going to mean for the Jazz and the playoffs? We'll get to that next. And Steve Cleveland will hit on it in about twenty minutes, right here on ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone.